0: Hour number two, kicking off here in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. I tell you all the time, but it's a Friday, so this one's going to hit different. Drink White Claw Hard Seltzer. Drink it tonight. Drink it all weekend. And support the people who support us. White Claw, White Claw, White Claw. They got vodka. They even got non-alcoholic White Claws. Enjoy some. Sam, tonight for your friend's birthday. I will. You better. You better. Get at least one. What happened last
1: night? Thanks, John. Um, Welcome. We lost another assistant coach uh, on the Vols. Dad, (laughs) no, just going to Michigan. (laughs) Oh, okay. Just going to Michigan. Uh, Brian John Marie, like we were talking about uh, earlier in the week, had some interest uh, from Michigan. He ends up headed to Michigan to uh, join that new staff over there with Sharon Moore uh, as Harbaugh departs. He will do something. Probably pretty similar with that Michigan staff. I would assume linebacker coach or or some sort of defensive position over there relating to linebackers. Uh, but that's the second assistant that the Vols have lost uh, within the last week. We talked about how Hypol and and you know and this staff have been able to kind of stick together for for four years now, and and now you're kind of starting to see some guys exit. Uh, you got two. Two empty spots now in terms of your running back and your linebacker coach.
0: So, Brent Hubbs of VolQuest, he kind of alluded and hinted to the reason Tennessee lost. Brian, what was because basically Tennessee has a rule, a policy that they don't give assistant coaches longer than two years on a contract, (laughs) and that basically Michigan was willing to give him a third year of guaranteed money. Interesting. And Tennessee wouldn't match. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because I do think as a as a program, if it's your policy, you don't want to break it for somebody unless they're just absolutely magical. Like if you have a quarterback whisperer and you're like, hey, I he's like, hey, I want want three years. Or if you have a guy that could just absolutely like coach any offensive line. If Rodney Garner, for example, if he yeah. wanted a five year contract, you go ahead, man. You've put your time in, you've earned it. I wouldn't have a problem making an exception for him. Especially if you're Josh talking about, look, this guy's a legend in the SEC. Look at the production he's gotten. He's, he's coaching a, a preseason All-American. He's going to have him as a top five pick next year probably. This guy gets different rules than you guys. I'd be okay with that. For Brian Jean-Marie, nah, bro. You can go. You can go.
1: I think Michigan was offering him a good bit more money as well.
0: Probably. I mean, yeah. I, I don't... You know they're trying to put together a staff up there. They lost all their coaches, so they might be a little bit more desperate. And they're, they they save money on Harbaugh, right? Right. So they got a lot of extra money to throw at the assistant. So yeah, that that's fun. And I, I'm I'm not saying Jim Murray's not a good coach. I'm just saying you know he's not a policy breaker.
1: Because then all of
0: a sudden you're going to find yourself giving three or four year contracts to everybody. Then it's going to get really awkward when Willie Martinez comes up and na- comes up and asks for one. Like, wait, you think you deserve a three year four year contract? Then you're paying buyouts, and you don't really want to pay too many buyouts for assistant coaches when you have to move on from them. But again, if they want to give Rodney one, give him a 10-year contract for a I care. That's fine. Bob, any thoughts on that policy?
2: Now I, No. I, uh, to me, I know there's some people that are more deeply – entrenched in caring about the, the intricacies of the football program and there are some that are kind of bummed about this guy leaving but i i, I don't i don't necessarily worry about the length of the term for that type of position yeah. coach yeah not a
0: not a policy breaker
2: no i don't think so
0: do you ever have to make any special exceptions for employees oh yeah to keep them you'd be like what would you do would you be like hey you can't tell anybody this okay like Got to sign this paper it says you're never going to reveal what I'm giving you here. This going to be a lawyer tells you not to say anything type of thing.
2: Um, Your lawyer's texting you. All situations for hiring retention are different, John. <laughs> did you have any crazy demands from somebody? Like, did oh, you yeah. have any
0: like any talent that you we can't lose? And they came was like, hey, I want this money, and also like buy me a company car that's like two hundred thousand dollars. Like, did you have anything like that? people demanding houses or anything
2: um people with certainly people with pretty uh eye-popping demands i would say that yeah yeah
0: outside of money though like just yeah
2: definitely anything that stood out no although there's one and this is a friend of mine that uh worked with um uh, keenan ivory wayans okay legend yeah and um she was working as his assistant and um she ended up getting fired because he was very explicit in saying that he likes his chicken salad without grapes. <laughs> okay. And um, yeah, you got. I, it makes me wonder. There had to be more to it than that, but maybe not. I do think there's some of those folks that get to that level that you know, it's it's kind of ridiculous to be honest with you. But yeah, so I've seen. I've seen other ones there that's that example always stands out to me just as like you know he was making a point like no that's my that's my deal um I've, I've laid this out you know so why didn't you get it right
0: on one hand I agree like hey I've told you this is going to be a part of your responsibilities you're my assistant this is kind of a a big deal to me on the other hand I don't know if Keenan Avery Wayne is a big enough star to have those type of demands
2: no I wouldn't think so
0: now the Wayans brothers. I mean, that's a that's a classic name. That's a big name in terms of, of comedy. But he's not, he's not the the most famous one of them. No. Uh, of them. No. Of the you know the family in general, he's probably like fourth or fifth.
2: Well, he was less of the, of an actor, comedian, whatever you'd want to call it. He was more of like a producer, you know, right. creator. Yeah. So um, yeah, I agree. Um,
0: he did some acting, like he was in "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker." I remember that one. Like he, he was in that. One. He did he did some acting, but like yeah, he wasn't the and brothers that were, you know, Sean and Marlon. Those guys were the ones that you know were kind of the the actors, and then of course Damon. Yeah. Was was great.
2: But, but back to your question. I mean, it's not unusual for certain high-ranking talent, we'll call it, whether it's behind the scenes or in front of the camera, that would ask, like, if they were getting relocated for a job, saying, "Okay, but you're going to buy my house currently. Yeah. Not, not. I'm not going to wait to sell my house. You're sure. going to, you're going to buy it, and then you have to sell it." Um, would you give in to those? Depends on the person. Yeah. You yeah, know, depends on what they're. You know what we felt their value would be yeah
0: I've, I've heard of that uh i've heard of that with other people that, yeah that have had to move and i guess maybe that gets replaced now by like just big moving packages like hey here's forty thousand dollars to get you to move yeah. while you wait to sell your house type of thing but okay i was hoping you had somebody that like wanted some exotic animal or no some weirdo in the entertainment industry that needed personal masseuse or something
2: anyways back to you sam yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> I, wonder I,
2: want a, if, I want a zebra. I wonder if Brian jean Marie had that. that might have been one of his demands yeah. in Tennessee. To perhaps, keep
1: him. perhaps. Uh, in the MLB, uh, Commissioner Rob Manfred yesterday said that he will be stepping down as the league's commissioner in 2029. Uh, replaced Bud Selig in 2015. Has been given yeah, League. Um, has been given two uh five year terms ever since then. One of the more unpopular commissioners in all of sports. I think baseball so, fans all around the world are rejoicing and can't wait for 2029. Saw
0: a lot of people dancing on his grave, and mm-hmm. sorry for jumping in with Seelig. It's just you, you yeah, look like you have so much joy when you correct me for me saying, like, Dylan dryling or <laughs> I still don't know. So I just had to, Seelig, idiot. You didn't know. <laughs> You didn't know it's Bud Selig. He should step down now for whoever, or whoever was in charge of the, the Swiss to fanatic jerseys needs to step down right now. I was right just now. about to say that, yeah. And then be publicly executed. These are the yeah. worst things I've seen in sports. Have, yeah. you,
2: have you seen these pictures, Bob? I've seen, well, I saw for uh, the Seattle comparison, the Seattle Mariners comparison, and it, yeah, it's noticeable. It's uh, it's bad. Everyone looks terrible. Uh, yeah.
0: Was it the Nationals that were complaining so much, or maybe it was the Phillies? The Cardinals, the Phili- I think. Okay, yeah, the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Cardinals were the it's ones the complaining. Yeah, different red team, <laughs> thank you. The Cardinals were complaining about it, and they're right. I mean, like they, they, they look terrible. The Braves' pitchers look terrible. The nameplates on all the jerseys look, look so cheap. And, like, they honestly, someone pointed this out to me. I don't remember who it was, but I'm not trying to steal this take, but it's been in my mind since I've seen it. The jerseys look like jerseys from behind, with the mm-hmm. way like the the they name do. plates are like kind of look like they're pressed on. They look like just like the the jersey shirts. The, the patches jerseys.
1: on the side of the arms are pressed on too. It's not even stitched. It looks terrible. Yeah.
0: And like if you're fanatics, how are you not embarrassed by this?
1: They've ruined sports merchandise.
0: Like I hate fanatics anyways. When it comes to like, I got if I see something that I like and I see it's fanatics, I'm like, oh, never mind, not buying it. Just because I've seen enough horror stories of people like getting the wrong team name on, like, different yeah. colored jerseys and just – it's terrible. And, like, I, I the only bad thing I had with them one time was, like, it took, like, a month to get my thing. But that was enough. I'm like, I'm good. I'm not buying from Fanatics if I can help it. Like, I'm not doing it. The jerseys are terrible. They're yeah. so bad. And I don't guess they have time to get this rectified.
2: No. They missed the boat. should have had SM Athletics. Too. I should have. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, 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 I say this with the utmost confidence – Lex would have done a better job on their jerseys than Fanatics did. Now I don't know if they would have been able to mass produce, you know, for for 30 teams immediately and get all that done in time to like you know fix the situation. I I don't want to put that on their plate, but it would have looked better. Yeah, I guarantee you they could make a better Braves jersey for us than like what I saw Ronald Acuna wearing. Then the red hats. When the hell? Do the Braves start wearing red hats? Like it looks- that's just spring training hats. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but saw a picture of that yesterday with the jerseys. Like that looks terrible too.
2: Yeah, the Manfred announcement. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear he's riding off into the sunset. But man, five years feels like a long time. Man, uh, that's. I know they gotta. They'll have to, you know, find a successor, etc. But that's that's the long. That's the longest runway to a retirement I think I've ever heard. Yeah. Of. I mean, it's. Uh, that's we had, be... the, we had
1: the coach k retirement tour how about the rob manford well, well, five the, uh, years yeah, into you know dan
2: patrick's <laughs> another one he's saying when he's 70 but he's like a couple years away still um you know i guess he's just getting it out there but i felt that was a long runway but my god five years what was it jim Beheim
0: had said that one time he had said two years or something he was gonna quit and then like it got there's like actually i'm gonna keep coaching yeah he
2: never meant it he yeah. just he was just saying it i think to placate people he he got shown the door. I mean, I think he got forced out there at the end.
0: Well, yeah, but I want to say, like, in, like, 2012 or 2013, he, like, yeah. had a succession plan. Like, yeah, I'm going to coach for two more years, well, and I'm stepping down. And he's, like,
2: then made a Final Four. He's, like, well, I'm going to keep going. Well, Mike Hopkins was his coach-in-waiting. Right. And, and he, when he left to go to Washington, you kind of told you. It's like, yeah. Because he he's the... not quitting anytime soon. Yeah. You know, the same thing happened,
0: I remember, in Texas with Matt Brown and, like, Will Muschamp and the whole coach-in-waiting thing. It's, sometimes you put an expiration date on it, but other times, yeah, it's just, like. Gonna be another two to fifteen years. Yeah. Now you know how Kendall Roy felt. <laughs> Succession. His dad's supposed to give up the cub. He's like, ah, actually I'm just gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep doing that. I'm good. I'm good. I don't know if what I would if Rob Manfred, I don't know if does he get to use the phrase riding off into the sunset? Because I feel like riding off into the sunset is supposed to be like after like a successful
2: <laughs> career. Getting a hook, maybe. Yeah, I was gonna
0: say like I mean he he is getting his victory tour for five years, but it does seem crazy they would let him be just a lame duck guy for five years. But who knows? I'll just like never maybe that's what's normal. I don't. I don't know. I'll
2: never forget he. Uh, it was one of the World Series where he was giving out the you know the the champions trophy. He sounded like he was drunk. I mean that he got he got ripped by a ton of media. Like what is going on with that guy, man? That was. Uh, Not been a good run for Manfred. I've
0: never heard anything good.
2: I've never really heard him get any compliments. Yeah.
1: No.
0: Anything else, Samuel?
1: Uh, In the NBA last night, Clay Thompson came off the bench for the first time uh, since his rookie year in 2012. Knocked down seven threes, season high 35 points for him. Really? Yeah. Had started 727 straight games. It was the fourth longest active streak in the NBA. They bench him last night. He responds, 35 points.
0: Well, you made a mistake there, Clay Thompson. Cuz you came out and you bought off off, the, you know, you bought out off the bench, so now they're going to be like, "Well, this is great for you. You're now our bench player. You're now our sixth man." He said the right things like, "Hey, I just want to help the team win." blah blah blah.
1: Yeah, he said you can do two things. You can either go and powder, you can go out there and respond.
0: I mean, I think that's the right mentality to have, but yeah, now I think Steve Kerr's going to be like, "You did Performed so well, man. Thanks. He played the same amount of minutes as he typically
1: does. Just didn't start.
0: Yeah, and maybe for him, you're like, hey, I get to come in here and I'll get some minutes without Steph, and maybe I'll be the focal point of the offense and I'll go up against some backups for a couple minutes. Like, that's not the worst thing. But, yeah, I mean, like, he played 28 minutes. Game before against the Clippers as a starter, played 29 minutes. Game before that against Utah, 29 minutes. So, I mean, like, it wasn't like a big change there, but. Good job, by him. He is now a bench player.
1: The new Manu Ginobili.
0: <laughs> Anything else?
1: Uh, EA College football game got announced. Uh, it's going to be released in the summer. A lot of people were excited about that on social media yesterday. I'm not holding my breath. I don't think they're going to – I think they'll announce it, obviously, and then they'll
0: – No, they said it's coming this summer. Delay su- it again. They said it's coming, right? They said it's coming they this summer. They said it's coming. I don't think they can – I mean, they can, because what are people going to do? Just not <laughs> buy it when it eventually comes out. They're going to boycott it, but, like – It'd be a big egg on
2: EA Sports' face if they couldn't get it out. So I do think it'll come and be released. I have not seen a more – I mean, the visceral reactions to this, like, on social media, like, from just everyday people all the way to, like, Scott Van Pelt commenting on it. It's amazing how much impact that game has on, you know, everybody at some point in their life. You know, myself included, man. I played it a lot way back when. Don't know if I'd have the time for the new one now, but um, but yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing that it gets that that much love after being gone as long as it has.
0: Few things uh, get people worked up in such a frenzy. Yeah, few things. People get mad about it whenever like the trailer didn't get released or whatever on national you know the national championship game. Yeah,
1: people. Had, They're supposed to be a commercial.
0: People had hinted at a teaser commercial and they didn't get one. People were angry. People live and die with this game. I was always a Madden guy. No, I mean, I have intrigue in this game. I'll I'll probably... I don't know, man. I don't even have an updated system.
1: Yeah, that's my thing.
0: So I don't think I'm going to go buy a system. I know,
1: but I really want to play it.
0: I bought an Xbox One. Are those still, like, somewhat in date? Is, has Xbox released anything better than the Xbox One?
1: Uh, I, I'm so far out of video games, I don't even know that. Because I know, like, the that's PS5 bad, but... came out. Like, I, I know the yeah, PS5 PS5 is, is out.
0: I don't have one of those.
1: I feel like Xbox One, it'll probably be compatible, but...
0: What I'm saying is Xbox releasing anything better guy. than the Xbox One?
1: Do we know? I don't think so. You're like 23 years old, Sam. Dude, years I don't old. play I don't play video games. I know PS5, really and don't. that's Yeah. It, my son's. I know you should still know.
0: Surely you have friends that play video games. Call Charlie. He probably knows.
1: Uh I'm like a I'm more of a PlayStation guy though. So I was I always a have... PlayStation guy too, yeah. but
0: then I bought the Xbox
2: One for some reason. I think it... my friends played Fortnite on it. I was like, I'll, I'll play. I want to be in the squad. Here was Van Terrible. Pelt's tweet or post. I won titles with Yale, Howard, Service Academies, Mac schools, and had about a dozen different Maryland dynasties going. But that was long ago. I'm too old now. And then he wrote, hell with that. I'm going to teach my kids about competitive dominance. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I will say I hope that this new game is more realistic than the old ones. The fact you could win titles with Yale and blah, blah, blah. like, yeah. I hope that they're like, actually, no, sir, you can't. No. No good recruits are ever going to go there. I kind of like the, the, how
1: stupid the game was, honestly.
0: Nobody's going to go there. If you're going to win a title, you got to be at one of, like, 15 schools. Let's be realistic here.
2: I would do, I would just for kicks, I would do, like, Army at Tennessee, and I'd play Army, you know, just to see how I could do, and I'd get crushed.
0: My trick was always playing friends, and I'd be a little bit better than them, and I would just be cocky and say I'd play with like the Citadel then I'd make eye contact with them and then hold R2L2 which makes the teams even and then I would hit play then so then like all the stats were kind of even all the attributes and then like the Citadel had like a quarterback of like 90 speed, just running (laughs) around all over them and the players are all just as good it just comes down to who's the better player worked every time no one ever caught on I didn't know. I
2: didn't know about the R two L two thing. Yeah, I didn't. yeah.
0: It might. Have, I think it was R two L two, but yeah, you had to hold one of them, or maybe it was just R two. Like, and it made. It's like called even teams. And yeah, you could even the playing field. And they'd never see it coming. Got them five dollars at a time. <laughs> five
1: bucks at a time. Five
0: bucks at a time.
1: You're a hustler. Slowly but surely. I could
0: have got my my fingers broken. <laughs> if that they, had gone <laughs> wrong, and some had caught me. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like on kingpin. The next thing I know, I got my hand broken. Go to break. It's the morning show on Fan Run Radio. Ever been the... To- Daydream. I fell
2: asleep
1: and made the flowers for a couple
0: of hours on a beautiful day. Daydream. This segment's brought to you by Logo Solutions, powered by SM Athletics. Are you a business owner club director member of a social or religious organization and have a logo but need merchandise to help represent your brand club or organization or mission? well check out logo solutions powered by sm athletics you have a logo they have a solution that's why it's called logo solutions you get it you have a logo they have a solution from custom apparel to headwear and promotional items Logo Solutions is your one stop shop for all your branded merchandise needs made right here in East Tennessee. Be sure to give them a call for all your logo needs. 865 966 3434. 865 966 3434. Logo Solutions powered by SM Athletics. SMAthletics.com. I don't know if this is a sign of things to come in in terms of who the new power brokers of the conference are. Of course, Nick Saban steps down. Alabama takes a hit. It opens up somebody to step into that, that void of being powerful. But you had Texas AD Chris Del Conte confirming that the SEC is progressing to a nine-game conference schedule by the 2026 season. So, on one hand, if you want non-SEC games, good news. On the other hand, if you're worried about Texas coming in and getting preferential treatment from the SEC, maybe this makes you feel nervous too.
2: It's a pretty big power move by Texas right off the bat. We're
0: going to come in here and drop this news. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, nine-game conference schedule by the 2026 season, according to Texas's AD, the new golden boy of the SEC. I really hope they flop in year <laughs> one. I really hope they don't come in and win the league
2: the first year. Are you in favor of nine versus eight, though? I think I am.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, of course, I want to see how it shakes out in terms of who all we play and who are your permanent rivals and how they do the scheduling will it be a three and six or you're playing, you know, three teams every year and then you're rotating six and you're getting to every, cause that would allow you to get to every school, right? Within two years. Yes. The six and six. You'd, you'd get to be at every road venue. Cause you know, we talked about how unique it is to play at certain places Tennessee going to Arkansas, for example. Like, when's the last time you'd been to Arkansas? I mean, COVID year, and then before that, you know, maybe three years prior. I don't know. Like Texas A and M, for example. I mean, Tennessee's only been there once since they've been in conference. Is that right? Have we only been to Texas A
2: and M once? I don't remember. When was the last time Tennessee played at Ole Miss? That's a good one, Bob. Yeah, I know they played in twenty like fourteen.
0: Or I guess it'd be yeah twenty twenty fourteen. You freeze punched in a garbage-time touchdown to cost me some shekels. <laughs> that jerk. But, yeah, like, I mean, like, so you, there's there's plenty of SEC schools that players have come and gone and not gotten to play at. So, like, if the nine-game schedule, if it allows you to make sure you're playing at every place within two years, I think that's kind of cool. And I think it's good for season ticket holders, you know, f- at Tennessee to know that you get big games. As far as like the twelve team playoff, I, I think that's going to raise Tennessee's and other SEC team strength of schedule, but also it's going to create more three loss teams, which is why I think you're seeing the SEC and Big Ten want to have more of a say in like how the playoff moves forward.
2: Yeah, back just very quickly back to the nine versus eight thing. My my feelings on it are that we out this is the best conference in the country and and I I don't disagree it's like let's what well, I'd, I'd rather see unless like say Tennessee for example unless they were going to be playing a non-conference game against a power team I'd rather see nine SEC games versus eight uh, instead of another game versus I don't know you know like UT Martin or you know South Alabama or something like that
0: do you think there's a push from the TV from ESPN who's giving out all this money that's like hey We'll pay for another week of action. We want nine games. We want to have another full week of slots of, of marquee matchups and to remove, you know, like you said, the, the wasted weeks because it's a TV product. Now more than ever, it's a TV business. It's the idea of the amateurism is kind of gone. And hey, you're making some NIL money now, so you'll be okay. The NCAA is still not giving you any money. You're still not getting paid a salary. But hey, you got a chance to make some money, so suck it up. You don't need the the three bought wins. You can you can get by with only two of those.
2: Yeah, it's possible. That's a good question. Um, I mean, TV does rule the roost on all of this, so uh, I, I I could see that happening behind the scenes.
0: Because it's not like the SEC needs it for public perception, right? No. It's not like it's like, hey, we're not going to get in. To the playoff, We're not going to get these spots because, oh, well, sorry, the Big Ten played nine conference games, so we think these teams are better. The Big 12 had nine conference games, so sorry, SEC, you only played eight, so we're going to give their, their uh, third or fourth best teams the nod over your third or fourth best teams. Like, that's not really how it'll go, so I, I do think it's just a TV product, and I think it's good as a fan, especially if the SEC has a rule where you have to play a, a power five team non-conference, too. Like, if if you're guaranteeing 10 of your 12 games are going to matter, I think that's good for a consumer. Yeah. Now, ultimately, that might be bad for, like, ticket prices, and your ticket prices might go up because there's going to be actual quality there. My, my only hang-up, Bob, when you ask about the nine-game conference schedule, my only hang-up is the imbalance it creates in terms of the scheduling. It would suck to have like your one shot to win the conference, and then you're like, "Oh man, we gotta go on the road five times this year instead of four. We play five road games. That would suck." Yeah. That that that's not fair. Like if somebody you're chasing has five home games and you only have four, that's not necessarily competitive balance.
2: And you're right. Uh, I'm just sitting there thinking about it. Is that is that almost a certainty? With an even amount of teams, but an odd number of weeks, that's somebody's going to have to play more road games. Maybe the eight, you know, the eight game thing was, you know, because it could be four and four. Sure, I don't know. I, I mean, it
0: feels like a certainty. Yeah, if you have nine games, you have to play five somewhere and four in the other place. Unless, I mean, I, I guess you know, Georgia and Florida they'll continue their neutral site thing, and yeah. Texas Oklahoma will con- you know continue their neutral site thing. But like Tennessee doesn't have one of
2: those. Yeah, I'm just trying to, again, do the rough math in my head with an even number of teams and all that stuff. It may not matter, but it's like I don't know if there's a workaround where that doesn't happen, but I don't know. Am I an idiot?
0: I, I can't grasp what you're saying because, like, with just nine games does it not have to be uneven?
2: No, you could play. I, that's what I'm getting at is you could play five and four, five and four. It just depends. I, that's what I'm saying. You have that many teams. I'm trying to balance out. You have an even number of teams. Uh-huh. I know we have an odd number of weeks, but they there may be some combination that works where they still have, you know, I, it, there's there's probably somebody that there might be a few teams. I don't think it's I, – I, I don't think there's probably a way to work around where it's not like more than half the league has to play more road games than home games.
0: Again, with the neutral sites, it does throw a little bit of a wrinkle, but the simple math to me, and again, I'm not – Pretend to be a mathematician or anything. But, like, to me, it just – there has to be – if a team's playing five home games, somebody's having to play on the road five times, essentially. And, like, you know, you, you extrapolate that out to every team. And, sure, it might not be half and half because, again, Texas, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Florida, maybe even that out. Maybe Arkansas, A&M, do their neutral site stuff. But yeah. as far as, like, Tennessee goes, we don't have one of those. So, like, in, in given years, I imagine if we get five home games one year, we'll get – five road games a year after that. Kind of like how the NFL does that now with the AFC, NFC with their 17 games. They rotate like one year the AFC teams get nine home games. The other year the AFC team goes on the road nine times. They kind of rotate that. They balance it out. But even then, to your point of about the neutral sites, like the Titans last year were supposed to have nine home games. Instead, they only got eight because one of them went to yeah London. Yeah. Yeah. But like there's been on most years you'll have they do it inside the conference to keep the, the competitive balance. I don't, I don't know how the SEC will do that. But like on the other hand, like if Tennessee, if one of their five road games is a trip to Vanderbilt, you're not gonna get a lot of sympathy from people. No, no, that's true. Right, and and maybe the years that you have, five road games, you. You get one of the lesser opponents. I don't know, but like right now, I mean, it's, you can't even argue it's balanced now. So like maybe me worrying about that is just kind of a a straw man, or is there a phrase of something that's kind of insignificant we're giving attention to? Is there there a word that represents that? Because right now there's no balance anyways when, like, you see that Georgia has three road games every other year because in the 4-4 and model, they get to lose a road game every other year to go play in Jacksonville against Florida. So it's not really balanced anyways. And when you look at, like, Georgia gets to play Auburn where Tennessee has to play Alabama. Very, very rarely in history has that been a tougher game for Georgia. Yeah. Kentucky gets to play Mississippi State. You play Alabama. So, like, it's not like it's been an even playing field anyway. So, whatever word represents paying attention to something that doesn't really matter. Can I say red herring in this scenario, Bob? That, mm. that me complaining about this is just a red herring? I don't know if that exactly fits. No, it's it's kind of close. I yeah. Like I just watch. a lot of I feel of like I've movies. heard
1: one of these that – pertains right to right yeah
0: paying attention to something that doesn't actually matter yeah me worrying about the nine game oh we gotta play five road games maybe it doesn't matter because competitive balance is a is a fallacy it's a farce anyways sometimes i just throw words out that don't even like fit but they sound good but red herring yeah i watch enough scary movies at least i know that phrase (laughs) but you talked about the college football playoff and you know the the sec and big ten trying to kind of make sure they have the biggest seats at the table or multiple seats at the table. Maybe be the only two at the table helping, you know, the NCAA make
2: decisions. We're looking at, what, a five plus seven? Five plus seven, five conference champions and seven at large. Do we
0: have – do we still have five conference Well,
2: that's what I'm trying to think is who's the fifth. You have, I guess is the uh, fifth
0: just the highest group five team? Is that taking the place?
2: Well, the uh, the Pac-12 still
1: has a bid this year. What? Oregon State and – I'm sorry. Whoever, Washington State? Yes. No Oregon way. State and Washington State. They – yeah, they – like with the – Whoever yeah, finishes no, at the
0: top between those two teams is not making the playoffs. Those two
1: have the ability to, yeah. Have the ability. They don't – like they have a – they have – with whatever that lawsuit went down, like they have the right basically where like – they could be an eight-win team and still make the playoffs. No, they—they they, they are guaranteed they, they, a spot into the into the playoff they, if they play as a conference champion. I think.
2: No, no, that's not accurate. Really? Yeah. What I'm reading is that um, Washington State and Oregon State. It says neither school can qualify for an automatic bid as a conference champion in each of the next two seasons. And that's why the Pac-12 and Mountain West work on their deal about mm. how they're going to. Maybe it's different football. now that
1: they're going with the Mountain
2: West. I mean, I think they can be an automatic. Maybe they're an automatic qualifier as a as an at large or something. If I they, think
1: before they started this Mountain West merger, they had the ability to literally be able to like amend if they wanted to that they could get into the playoff as an automatic bid since the conference yes, it, is still. Yes, but they they've been alive.
2: fighting it. But that's they're now kind of because the vote happens next week, Okay. and they're saying. Yeah that those two schools are kind of starting to uh, acquiesce. You know, they're yeah. kind of like, okay, okay, we don't have this figured out, and we recognize there's got to be a vote. So
0: And they're, they're going to get trumped. That, yeah. If you told me that they were in line, Sam, to, to be able to register as the highest Group 5 team and get that automatic bid, I would say, yes, that makes sense. To get treated like, hey, yeah, we know you're not necessarily Group 5, you're kind of in this weird limbo, but if you're the highest ranked team, that's not a conference champion, and or in this major conference, you get the automatic bid. I would say that's probably fair, and I'd be okay
2: with that if they're yeah. the highest ranked.
0: But see, like, yeah, the five conference champs, the five and seven. I, th- I thought the SEC was saying, "Hey, we're not doing that." I thought the Big Ten was saying, "We're not doing that."
2: Um, I thought it was more six and six. Was, okay, was, was that why they were pushing it, back? Yeah, yes. yeah, and that that now they're they're open to the five and five and seven and. Again, I'm sitting here thinking you've got ACC, Big Twelve, Big Ten, SEC, and then you're right; it's probably whatever uh, out, out of the American or Sun Belt or I don't know, uh, which hopefully that would get replaced. Can I do a four and eight? Yeah. Now I mean, look, when Oregon State and Washington State get into the Mountain West, there's actually a, you know there's at least a more logical chance for one of those teams to be maybe they become the the kind of the dedicated fifth conference. That gets recognized, but that's still two seasons away. Um, what a mess! Freaking Pac-12, man, they they messed it all up.
0: So yeah, if they if they get the Pac-12 to like you said, kind of concede, they expect this to pass with unanimous approval. So the five highest ranked conference champions. So yeah, I guess they're just gonna say any conference champion that's, Yep. Yeah. And they're not even saying the major five. So, like, theoretically, the SEC would never have a conference champion, of course, not be the top five. I guess they're saying if if there's a down year and there are five conference champions ahead of the SEC champion, that the SEC champion doesn't automatically qualify. Is that what they're saying? Uh, Maybe. Again, it's one of those things that's not going to happen. But, like, you can tell me that the ACC champion or the Big 12 champion next year gets, you know, outranked by a team that wins the American and, you know,
2: another team, another conference, James Madison. Yeah, or, sure. Like yeah. one of those. Anyways, it's going to be interesting, but I, yeah, I, to Sam, to your point, I don't think it precludes Oregon state or Washington state for getting into the playoff next year. You know, if one of them, yeah, they probably have to run the table, be undefeated, maybe one loss to get in, but, um, I mean, I, I guess
0: technically, but, if if there is, if they are still under the um, umbrella, so maybe Sam, they're not getting the automatic qualifier, but like they're saying, if we are the quote unquote conference champion, and we're ranked higher than another conference, we're one of the five. Is that what they're trying to claim? I think
1: that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah,
0: because like in the past, it was like, hey, if you win your conference at eight and four, you automatically get in. But now they're trying to they, they've they've worked they've reworked the adage of the five highest ranked. Versus like the automatic
2: qualifiers of the Power Five, is that, is that not reworked from what it used to be? No, it's they're they're specifically saying they don't qualify for an automatic bid as a conference champion. So,
0: but but even if they're not, even if they're a conference champion, quote unquote, and they're ranked
2: number ten, they're
0: saying they're not automatic automatically qualified at that point.
2: No they they but they could still be placed as an at large is the point they that's that's really not a problem
0: well i think it matters though bob in the sense of if they are not deemed a conference champion then it affects home field advantage like if an oregon state team was undefeated and ranked number 3 or 4 they would be in line for a bye yeah. they, would that would they get recognized as a conference champion then and, and no s- okay so yeah that
2: that is what I'm confused about. No, that's at least that's what I'm reading here. It's uh, on ESPN.com. They're saying that that does that they won't qualify. Yeah. The, well, they're not a conference, so like okay, that's yeah. fine.
0: I have no issue with that. Yeah. But like they need to quit calling them the Pac-12 in these in these releases. <laughs> yeah. They're not the Pac-12. The pac 12s dead.
1: This ruling that I'm reading here. This was like back in November. So this is I mean, I haven't looked into this probably since November. So that's why I'm probably wrong here. But it's basically saying that the. Uh, You know, like the lawsuit that they've had, they've granted Oregon State and Washington State basically preliminary injunction against the other 10 schools said it's like what we're doing with our NCAA investigation, irreparable harm. And so basically they could... Go on and be the Pac-12 because they have a two-year grace period.
0: So they get to keep the name. Basically.
1: Yeah, they get to. They basically get to operate under the umbrella of the Pac-12 while being a two-team conference. And they were saying that in that two-year grace period, that technically they would be allowed to be into the playoff. But I think now that they've it, reached this Mountain West merger, yeah. that has gone. Well, it also
0: seems day. like they've been successfully bullied by everybody else. Right. The rest yeah. of the time is right. like, no, this right. isn't happening. And like, if you do make a fuss on this, we're not going to schedule you. We're going to blackball you if you're going to exactly. be jerks. If you're going to mess up the money for everybody. Enjoy dying. Play each other 10 well, times. Well, that's the
2: thing. They do continue to get the Power 5 revenue uh-huh. for the next two years. Yeah, they but, get all of that. But they money. can't automatically qualify as a conference champion. Well,
0: that's probably the compromise, and that's yeah. probably why it is important they keep getting called the Pac-12. Yeah. And so they can make sure they have some money as they figure out the next steps as they keep calling it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they got successfully bullied. Like, enough, you're not getting an automatic qualifier. Vote the way we want. Or, like, again, enjoy scheduling yourself. Ten
1: times. I just remember this with Charlie because he was fascinated, the fact that, like, Oregon State could just go and schedule the worst conference opponents of all time and then go play Washington State and Oregon State in the championship together and be like, yeah, we're going to go to the playoff. It's
0: not that different than what Ohio State does every year. Michigan.
2: (sighs)
1: Pretty much. Pretty
2: much. There was some – the the guy who's the chair of the College Football Playoffs Board of Managers, he's an SEC guy, Mississippi State president, said – we're gonna have the issue resolved one way or another. That's pretty much saying, "Hey, man, we're moving on. You've 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 had your your say, but this is what we're going to do." Um. Yeah, it's now. Hold on. This this article says
0: Schultz. Now, who's Schultz? Schultz here is the. Uh, Schultz is here, I guess he's the Uh, president of Washington State. Yeah. Okay. So he's talking about how the five and seven model benefits Washington State and Oregon State more than the six six model. Because there's
2: more at large bids. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. They they still have a chance to be in the playoffs. Yeah, Yeah, we work we work through that.
0: Thank you. Okay. I got it.
2: Or they have a greater chance. Sure. There's okay. So instead of six at large or seven. Yeah.
0: I really don't I I really don't even like the five. I don't like the five. I don't think a, a conference champion should automatically get in cuz there there could be a year where the conference champion's not worthy of being a top 12 team. Now I know you might not get those conferences to vote on that, but like we don't know moving forward if the Big 12 is going to be a legitimate conference. Like do I think that whoever wins it's probably going to be one of the 12 best teams? Sure, I guess, but like you could easily tell me that one year, like, 9-3 Utah wins mm-hmm. and isn't better than 9-3 Tennessee that played te- at Texas and played at Alabama and just, you know, right. went 9-3, didn't win their conference. Like, th- is that not a very, like, realistic possibility that the Big 12 is going to start pumping out some pretty mediocre champions?
2: you could say the same for the ACC I mean, yeah. I mean they have clemson and florida state but they could have off years
0: i find it i was going to mention them but i find it hard to believe that neither clemson nor you know nor florida state or even like miami isn't at least a, nah, a miami, top yeah. 10 team like if they win that conference but like you could easily tell me that in the big 12 because i mean you're looking at who colorado arizona baylor baylor tcu Kansas State. I mean, I know TCU and Kansas State's been pretty good the last couple of years, but still, like, there's no like Oklahoma State. Like, yeah wh- who who was the highest ranked team this year in the Big T- uh, Big Twelve that was it Texas? Like, uh, was who, it Kansas State? Were, were they a top twelve team? Where did they come in in the final rankings? I don't know. Because, like, I mean, I, Kansas State was you know pesky, but I don't remember them being you know a factor this year. So, I'm curious, like, in terms of who would even have been that because... Oklahoma State.
2: State. Yeah, that's what I would assume. But where did they come in at? 16.
0: Right. So, like, if you remove Texas from that...
2: Yeah. Oklahoma was 15. So, if you took both of them out, they'd still be 14, which they wouldn't be in the field.
0: Now, in this scenario, Arizona's going to be in the Big 12 and they're number 11. Right. But, like, that's right on the edge. Like, are we sure we're fine with that? And maybe the other conferences aren't going to vote, but, like... I don't know. I just thought the SEC and Big Ten had the biggest power here. So like, why are they allowing these other conferences to kind of punk them? Because if I'm the SEC and I'm the Big Ten, I'm like, hey, there's no automatic qualifiers. We're just doing twelve teams, twelve best teams. And if you want to do like the, if you want to make the buys be the conference champions, that's fine. Like that's a tiebreaker.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like if you are a conference champion, then fine, you get to host a buy. If you make it in, otherwise, I'd be fine with that. But like. If I'm the SEC and Big Ten, like, do they not? Can they not just say like, hey, this is the way we're doing it, or else we're not we're not joining? We'll do our own playoff. Because every year, if you just took three SEC teams and put them with three Big Ten teams, or I guess do four and four, that would do that would that would do numbers. Who are you missing in that scenario? Clemson and Florida State. Okay, cool. Who cares? Yeah. Oh, Utah's not going to play. Okay, cool. Who cares? Even if we're like, hey, Notre Dame, you can come play in our SEC Big Ten Invitational. You're cool. <laughs> You're shaking your head, no, Sam. But, like, the Big Ten and Notre Dame, they, they, they make sense. They have a little bit of a relationship. Like, hey, come on, Notre Dame. You have a seat at the table. Come on.
1: I just don't like Notre Dame.
0: That's fine. But if you're, <laughs> if you're a top eight team, we'll let you in. We're not going to give you as much money, but we'll let you in.
2: Is Notre Dame part of the ACC in this construct? I mean. I don't think so, no. So they're still it, an independent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But they're not. Highest Group Five Conference champion, like that gets in either. So, like, I don't know. I guess they just have to be a top twelve team and like hope that like one of the seven at large bids go to them, which it should.
2: That's why I hate Notre Dame. So that's kind of what, <laughs> in a in a way, they're not Notre Dame, but that's what Oregon State and Washington State will be Correct. doing. They're they're Same being like. treated like an independent at least from a selection process Correct. perspective.
0: This is the way you may sound to me, but like last year Notre Dame at ten and three, finished fourteenth, so they wouldn't have been in. I don't know. Like I said, I, I would think the SEC and Big Ten could wield some power here, and just be like, "Sorry, we want as many teams as possible." And if you're telling me if five conference champion gets five conference champions are automatically in, that's five less spots for our teams to fill. But I guess they're still trying to be unified and not kill the NCAA altogether. <laughs> Maybe this goes to the next round of negotiations.
2: Well, and then that's the. If we can, that's a good segue to the the whole talk. Have you seen this uh, headline about the the prospect of the NCAA basketball tournament expanding?
0: Let's catch a timeout. You can tell us about it after the break. It's the Morning Show on Fan Run Radio.
1: Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just-
0: Twitter writes in from earlier that he got a two pack of Braves polos for Christmas from Fanatics and said one of them had the Alabama A with the mullet on it instead of the Braves A. Good job, MLB. Way wait, wait, wait to give the contract to the people who can't even get the logos right. Good job. We're talking college football, playoff field that led Bob to talk about the college basketball, March Madness, rumors. What's the latest?
2: Well, just that there's been talk of uh, tournament expansion for basketball, um, you know, the Big Dance. Which, you know, if you're uh, if you're one of the TV networks involved with it, they're probably like, yeah, game on, let's do it. But um, I I think, and and it also it appears based on what I'm reading, a lot of it's engineered by the ACC and Big Twelve, um, and and it stands to reason, certainly for the Big Twelve, they're in the conversation at least the past few years of. Who's the best basketball conference in college basketball? They've been right up there, and the ACC historically has been. They're down right now, but they also don't feel it doesn't feel like they have the same seat at the table in college football as the SEC and Big Ten do. So I I can't help but think some of this is their uh, uh, return serve on this. And so the question I'm really posing I'm not I'm looking to see what the numbers were, John. You'd mentioned maybe t- you'd read talk of an expansion to 96 teams. It's Take the number out of it. The question is, do you really want to mess with something that works so well? When the college football playoffs came about, we've been talking about that, saying we need something like that. We've been saying that for years, and so I think everybody feels good about it uh, overall. So, well, quite frankly,
0: I don't even want to expand the playoff in college football either. Because really? Because I, I, I don't think in most given years there's there are even four good teams or four elite teams that deserve a chance to play for a national championship. I feel like typically – we get two or three that are actually worthy. Like I feel like we always know who the best teams are. Now, of course, there'll be some outlier years where the four seed you know surprises somebody, and that's fine. But it's it's easier still to go from four to twelve, right, than to go from sixty-eight to anything else. Because if you're the 69th best team, the seventieth best team, sorry, I don't feel bad for you that you don't get a seat at the table,
2: right. No, I agree. And again, I that tournament when they went from 64 to 68, I was a little teeny bit skeptical, but it's worked out fine. And I I like it. I actually like the fact that now you have those play in games on what Tuesday and Wednesday. And so it starts all that that, you know, fervor earlier. And so I'm good with that. Ninety six just feels if that's the number. And like you said, whatever the number is, it's 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 too much. It's. Why touch it? And I've seen a lot of feedback from just everyday people who are fans who are saying the same thing. It's like it's it's almost perfect the way it is. Um, why, why mess with it?
0: I mean, in the grand scheme of things, would it kill us to have, I guess, what, 18 playing games or whatever it would be? Because I mean, that's essentially what it'd be, right? Uh, so you'd have 50 t- 54 teams getting a bye or whatever it would be. I don't I don't have it done the math. But, like, then you have 18 games. The bi- winner gets in and gets to play in the, the tournament. Would that kill us? No. Do we need it? No. Would we watch it if those games were on? Probably. Because, hell, we end up watching the 16 seeds play each other and kind of watch the end of those games just because of the drama. So, like, one-and-done basketball is fun. But, like... It would kill the concept of the bubble, and I do think the bubble and the ongoing conversation of the bubble throughout the season is the most intriguing thing about college basketball, typically. Like, when it comes to seating, and then, like, if you're a fringe team trying to win some resume games, that those matter. If you expand it and add 30-something extra teams in, that, that becomes... Kind of obsolete.
2: I firmly believe it'll become like what we're complaining about with bowl season now. You, you, I think there, in certain years you could have teams coming into the tournament. Like right now, bubble teams. We've seen, I even think, was Tennessee in the in Konzo's last season, was their regular season record, wasn't it like 19-13 and 13 or something like that when they got to the play-in game? It was something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, maybe. It now, was,
0: I, it, I would push back on the bowl comparison just because the games wouldn't matter.
2: Yeah, what I'm getting at, though, is the one loss record. I think you could end up seeing teams in the tournament that might have like a 500 record or, you know, God forbid. Well, we've seen it literally a couple of times where a team has won a conference tournament and gotten in the tournament and they have a losing record. But I think you'd run the risk of seeing a lot more of that. And I I don't I'm just not into seeing a watered down field. That's what I feel that would could end up being.
0: Tennessee got into the tournament in 2014. Their final record was 24 and 13, so I guess remove what two wins and a loss. So they would have been 22 and 12, I think. Does that make sense after the SEC tournament?
2: Um maybe 21 cuz they had the play-in game so that was an extra game. Okay. Yeah, and then they yeah. won two to get to the sweet so 21 and 12. Yeah. So, yeah. That's not as bad as I thought, but there's, you know, we've seen some teams with some worse records than that get in, but I, I just don't want to see a bunch of that. That, uh, that kind of takes away how special the tournament is, in my opinion.
0: Like I said, though, we would watch
2: sure. the extra
0: half round of playing games, whatever they called it. We don't need it, though. It would bastardize the sport. It feels like it's pretty good the way it is. But, again they just did like a bunch of mega games on those Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, leading into that first Thursday and Friday, then people would watch. They'd make more money. Probably means they're going to do it eventually. Yeah. All about money, man. But in college football, it makes sense to expand it because it just gives more teams a chance to care about the regular season. The extra 30 teams that get added to the tournament, it doesn't really do anything for the fan base in the regular season, right? It, it almost makes them care less about the regular season.
2: Right. Yeah, and the conference tournaments, too. Yeah, maybe. it makes them care less about that. Yeah. Whereas,
0: expanding the playoff here, like, I don't know how excited we would be for the upcoming season here in Knoxville if the playoffs were only four. You'd be excited to watch Nico, but, like, the idea of making the playoff would be pretty far-fetched to be a top-four team. But you make that top 12, give them something to shoot for, now you got, you know, an extra 15 fan bases that are paying attention and, and think they have a chance to go and make the, the tournament, if you will, or make the Sweet 16 wherever you want want to equate it to
2: yeah my only argument and I know we're heading out here but my only argument on uh the 12 team field is again there is a benefit because you were saying maybe only you know it's tough to find better than you know the final four to begin with but you get these teams that lose a game or two at the very beginning of the season and in the current state their season's almost shot now you've got a chance you know some of these teams it's it is like a version of basketball they could get hot later in the season and win
0: Hour three coming at you. Eli Herskovich coming up at 920.
2: Weekend, betaway, stick with us.